Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Mum's the word for President Trump as the fallout over Stormy Daniels grows. Plus, more attorneys decline to join Team Trump in the face-off against Bob Mueller. And the president's poll numbers take a turn for the better. This is the State of America Tonight. He hasn't said anything about Stormy Daniels at all and has remained totally silent. This is a president who has secrets. You have to believe there are more secrets to come. I have lost count on how many lawyers the president has tried to hire who said no. The problem here is not the lawyers. It's a flawed, very exposed client who rarely has ever met the truth. The new CNN national poll finds President Trump's approval rating up seven points. Uh, He's getting pretty good marks when it comes to the economy. He's doing better than, than a lot of people anticipated. Hello, I'm Manu Raju, live in New York, and this is State of America Tonight. Here's a live look at the White House press briefing. Sarah Sanders now at the podium taking reporters' questions. We'll monitor this, bring you the latest updates. But first, a West Wing shrouded in silence. Hard to believe when you think about this White House, but it's true. For the fourth straight day, President Trump has kept his public comments to a minimum, possibly in an attempt to avoid the scrutiny from porn star Stormy Daniels. Sources tell CNN that the president is heeding advice to not speak out publicly and possibly make things worse. But we've also learned the president is dismissive of Daniels and former Playboy playmate Karen McDougal, saying the uproar over the two is much ado about nothing. While the president may not think it is a big deal, one Republican who supports him feels otherwise. Do you believe the women? Uh, yeah, I haven't heard any, anything controvert what they've said. I think that it's unfortunate that they, during a campaign, took uh, measures to try to uh, you know, execute an agreement. Probably would have been better off just leaving well enough alone or bad enough alone. And now Daniels is also taking aim at the man behind that agreement, Trump's attorney, Michael Cohen, suing him for defamation. He made some statements earlier this year uh, whereby he basically said that the affair never happened uh, in not so many words and uh, made my client out to be a liar. I think that we're going to be able to show that there's been some monetary damages that she's suffered by way of his defamatory statements. But Cohen's attorney and friend says a lawsuit won't hold up in court. What's one of the elements of defamation? A false statement. All he said was, the only statement in question is, it doesn't matter whether something's true or not, it could still hurt a person. And I will do anything to defend Mr. Trump. That case will be dismissed on motion papers. That case is going nowhere. Now, the president's legal issues don't end there. CNN has learned that multiple attorneys from at least five major law firms have declined invitations to join the president's team in the Mueller Russia probe. That follows the departure of his main contact with the special counsel, John Dowd, just last week. 
Now, the man who just propelled, who helped propel Trump's run to the White House, downplayed all this drama. I know he has complete confidence in Jay Sekulow. Uh, I know that they have talked about adding members to his legal team. I think he has a comfort level with the people that he is uh, currently engaged in. Does that mean you can't add more to the team? Of course not. Is that something I think the team will do moving forward? I do. But CNN's legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin says Jay Sekulow isn't enough against a special counsel. It's crazy. I mean, you know, this is a very serious investigation with uh, the issue of an interview hanging out there. And Jay Sekulow, who is the only remaining lawyer on his team, is a fine lawyer, but he is a constitutional lawyer who deals with religious freedom cases for the most part. He is not a criminal defense lawyer, so he needs someone serious and he needs someone soon. Now, with the Russia probe and all these affair allegations and staff shakeups, you might think the president's poll numbers have continued to, to decline. But you would be wrong. A new CNN poll shows 42 percent of Americans approve of the way Mr. Trump is doing his job. That's the highest level since the 100-day mark of his presidency. Let's get right to CNN's Caitlin Collins, who is live for us in the White House. Caitlin, the president is leaving the Stormy Daniels denials all to his staff. How are they handling this right now? Well, it's a load for them right now. They've got a lot of fires to put out over here, not just the Stormy Daniels allegations that are happening, but also the Russia investigation, a lot of staff turnover, several departures are happening. So this is just one more thing on their plate. And several staffers that I've talked to in the White House are actually worried that more women could feel emboldened by people like Stormy Daniels and Kara McDougal to come forward with their stories. So it's not that there's so much doubt about the Stormy Daniels. It's just that they are also realizing just how much it's being covered on table on cable news news, just as the president is as well. He believes it's this wall-to-wall coverage. He's been complaining about this, telling friends he believes it's a hoax meant to damage him politically. And even as the Washington Post reported, saying that people like Stormy Daniels are not his type. So it's certainly something that the president is keeping tabs on how this coverage is playing out. So though he's not saying anything publicly about it, we know privately that the president has actually been paying quite close attention to what's going on here. Yeah, we know the president has monitored this news coverage very carefully, not happy about what he's seeing. Uh, he did probably see those good poll numbers for him yesterday. But in that poll, there are a lot of uh, warning signs for the White House. That same poll, Caitlin, shows that 63 percent of Americans believe Trump's accusers versus 20 percent, just 21 percent who believe the president. And this all comes as we learn that the president is also reaching out to that former aide, Rob Porter, who resigned over those allegations of domestic abuse with his ex-wives. What are you hearing from your sources about that, about that effort to bring in Rob Porter and how that may play out politically? Yeah, unsurprising. The president does not often lose touch with people just because they've left the White House. And even though Rob Porter had quite a nasty departure with those very serious allegations made against him by two of his ex-wives, it appears that the president has actually stayed in touch with Porter, someone who brought a lot of order into a very chaotic West Wing, something the president clearly has missed since he did leave in the White House in February. And the president has stayed in touch, seeking his counsel, and has even floated the idea of having Porter come back, even though most staffers inside of the White White House, who are close to the president, uh, do not believe that that is actually something that will be implemented, that will actually follow through on. There was a reason Rob Porter had to leave the White House, those allegations. He could not obtain a permanent security clearance because of those allegations made against him. And that is something he would definitely need to continue on in the job that he had as the staff secretary. So it doesn't seem likely, but it does go to show just how close the president was with Porter, because as we reported, when he left, he was up 
for a promotion here in the West Wing, and it goes to show that the president has very few people in his inner circle here in the West Wing. Rob Porter was certainly one of those, and clearly that has affected the president since he left here, Manu. And another day at the White House. We'll see what Sarah Sanders has to say if asked about the Rob Porter situation. We'll bring that to you live. Caitlin Collins at the White House, thank you. Coming up, President Trump's multiple legal battles in his unusual silence. The panel joins me next. Donald Trump is so far silent about the claims a porn star is making about her alleged affair with him in 2006. Stormy Daniels is suing Mr. Trump's personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, for defamation. The lawsuit stems from a payment Cohen made to Daniels to keep quiet about her relationship with the president. Joining me for the panel tonight, Rich Galen, a Republican strategist and publisher of Mullings.com, Catherine Rampell, CNN political commentator and columnist for The Washington Post, Rob Astorino, Trump supporter and former local New York government official, and Basil Smeichel, Democratic strategist and former executive director of the New York State Democratic Party. Thank you all for, for joining uh, me today. Um, Rich, I want to start with you as a Republican strategist. Uh, you see this coming out of the White House, uh, these alleged affairs, all this noise, these distractions, the president not addressing this. Uh, how much impact do you think this has on Republicans uh, more broadly ahead of the, this midterm election? Well, I, I think that the, the, the part about this whole porn star business is that it's, it's not something that you have to be a billionaire to get yourself into. I mean, it's really sort of something that people can understand. Oh, I see what he did here. And then he did all those, uh, may have done all those other things. And that, it's, it's something that I think people can get their hands around. Uh, and it's just, it's just so sleazy. I mean, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing making America great again about Stormy Daniels. I mean, she's like Thunderstorm Daniels. That's really bad. And, be, and beyond just the sleaziness of this alleged affair, there's also the possible legal ramifications as well. I mean, you look at this amended lawsuit from yesterday, uh, Stormy Daniels' attorney, uh, talking about the possible campaign finance violation. It says in there that this, quote-unquote, hush agreement was entered in with the illegal aim, design, and purpose of circumventing federal campaign finance law under the under the Federal Election uh, Campaign Act and uh, FEC regulations. Uh, Catherine, how much legal uh, jeopardy do you think the president may be in or Michael Cohen may be with this? Well, probably it would be Michael Cohen, uh, more likely, based on what we know at this point. I mean, it could be Trump as well. But in, in terms of actually spending an undisclosed donation or at least a uh, an amount of money that was intended to influence an election, as Stormy Daniels' attorney uh, alleges, uh, that would put... Michael Cohen in, in very hot water, of course, uh, which is why I think this whole lawsuit has probably a lot of staying power, right? Uh, as you said, it's salacious. It's, it's easy to understand, you know, this, this affair, right? Uh, but beyond that, because there are these potential additional legal complications, that gives it some, some additional legs. I, 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 I don't want to talk too much. I'll just say this now, shut up. But in terms of the lawsuit against Cohen, the issue there that puts the president in danger is if they get into this, I'm not a lawyer, but if they get into discovery and we know that mm -hmm. Cohen used Trump organization emails, mm -hmm. then who knows you know, what the right. email that would be problematic. It's, it's a Rob, I mean, as a Trump supporter, are you concerned about the, what the impact that this may have on the president? You know, since this is an international audience, I'll say nada, diente, niet. No, absolutely not. I mean, you know, this is all this is is a sexual story from how long ago now? Long, long time ago. 
and it did not happen in the White House. He wasn't president. Uh, even most people are saying if there's some jeopardy, it's Michael Cohen and not Trump. Uh, under the FEC laws, uh, there are many reasons why someone could have done what he did, and that is to protect him from this kind of embarrassment and, and to shield the family. Those, so there's a lot of reasons. You but the, are you happy with the way the White House has been dealing with this so far? How are they dealing with it? <laughs> now we talked about it, But you know, when they do, when they do, and if he does, it gives it credence. Uh, I'm wondering, as a, as a Democratic strategist, how come the Democrats in Congress have not been touching this for the most part? Do you think they should? Is that a mistake for not doing that? I don't think they should necessarily, because it's really ultimately when you hit the ground, it's got to be more than just Donald Trump. And the truth is, if you're a Donald Trump supporter, I don't think this really matters to you, quite quite frankly. Number one, number two, I. I'm more concerned about the 4.4 million people that voted in 2012 but didn't vote in 2016. Those voters in a couple of hundred counties across the country that voted twice for Obama and then once for Donald Trump. I think it matters to them, and we've got to go talk to them about policy, not about Stormy Daniels, but really hit the ground and talk to them about policy. So uh, for us... There's no, you know, the old adage: you see a boulder running down the hill, you don't keep, you don't get in its way. You just let it, you just let it go. And I think uh, there's more to be seen with that. But on the ground, we've got to have a different conversation. And, and, I, and I do agree, actually, that uh, for Trump's hardcore supporters, they probably don't care, yeah. right? I mean, the, the, the attitude. People. I'll well, tell you the, what the, they the, do the, care about. The, the attitude, though, is like he didn't do it, but if he did do right. it, it doesn't matter. Or their left is worse. Or no, you, you know, know it's probably and, the right and thing to do. And here's the issue, and, and you're right because here's the issue. I, and I always say. Voters will forgive a liar, but not a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. I think this is baked in with Donald Trump, quite frankly. And it, what I'm also concerned about, does do the evangelicals move with this yeah. in particular? And it was interesting, in that CNN poll, it showed that evangelicals about split yeah. about whether or not to believe uh, the president or, or not. I'm wondering, though, at the same time, the Russia investigation is playing out. Mm -hmm. The president uh, has had an issue uh, filling up his team. He has actually more lawyers dealing with the Stormy Daniels situation than in these alleged affairs than with the Mueller situation. Do you, are you concerned? Does the Mueller investigation represent a bigger threat or a less of a threat, given that these other lawsuits are actually moving down the pike? And the Mueller investigation, who knows where that will lead? Well, but, I mean, it's, it's still going on. One of the things about Trump is that he's always said, I got more lawyers than you, so don't start up with me. Well, guess what? Mueller now has more lawyers than him. So, I mean, he's down to that old adage, a man who acts as his own lawyer is a fool, has a fool for a client. Well, need we say any more? But let me go back a second to what his... his you know, Trump always said I could shoot people on Fifth Avenue yeah. just down here and, and nobody wouldn't change any votes. But I'll tell you what, my readers are pretty far to my right and they are furious about his signing that spending bill. I mean, that we, we, we could talk about all this other stuff, but for our audience, they just signed a gigantic one. It, it'll be interesting to see if the, his numbers go down yeah, after that because yeah. the poll, recent your poll, poll was out of the field before. Exactly, that. exactly. I'm wondering, though, as a Democrat, do you see the president's increasing poll numbers, and you give a little pause headed into November because, after all, this is going to be a referendum on the president. But well, if he's doing better, maybe harder to take back the House. It will. Um, the poll numbers don't concern me that much. I think there's going to be an up and down. We'll see that a lot. I think his supporters like strongmen, right? So the the sort of interaction with North Korea, um, maybe to some extent, some of the pu early pushback on Stormy Daniels and, and others, other aspects I do think may have pushed his numbers up a bit, but I think the spending is going to become an issue for the for conservatives. Um, and, and there's still time. We haven't hit the summer yet. So, you know, that's a challenge. Are you concerned about losing the House? 
Yeah, but that would be normal in this off year for a president in power. It also so. could be detrimental to his presidency if he lost oh, the House. It seems terrible. so unlikely that terrible. they would lose the House. There was this report out of the Brennan Center at NYU that came out, I think, yesterday or, or maybe last week that found that uh, because of gerrymandering, effectively, and, and of course, the way that um, geographically Democrats and, and Republicans are, are locate themselves, but mostly because of gerrymandering, Democrats would have to win by 11 percentage points. Um, in order to get a majority in the House, right? Mm-hmm. They would have to be this huge blue wave in think, order for them. And you don't think the wave's going to happen. But not, th- not, a, not 11 happen. percentage points. Mm-hmm. I mean, we I haven't seen the, that in over I think, tw- I think 20 years. I think the generic voted about plus 10 for Democrats. So it's not down to five yeah, now. Yeah. And, by the, yeah. and by the way, in 2010, the generic vote for Republicans came out to 6.3 or something. And look, there are 20- And they won 63 seats. Right, and there are 23 seats that the Democrats have to take back yeah. to take back the House. And you're seeing Republican retirements happening mm-hmm. over and over again. Do you think that there are going to be more? Yeah, or do you think, think we're done with the retirements? For no, the no, I think there's going to be more. And I think some of them may well be, we were talking about this in the green room, that some of them may well be uh, incumbent Dem- Republicans who have been waiting in line to be committee chairs. And they may say, you know, if, if all I'm going to be is the senior minority member, the hell with it. I'm not yeah, staying. And that could be the real problem for the Republicans if more and more retirements happen. We'll see if that happens. A lot of these races have or filing deadlines have already passed, but Democrats definitely out. have the advantage right yeah. now. Coming up, sources say President Trump's pick for CIA director is working Capitol Hill to smooth over her controversial past. How Gina Haspel is dis- distancing herself from a role in harsh interrogation techniques next. Welcome back. President Trump's controversial pick to lead the CIA, Gina Haspel, is on a behind-the-scenes mission to win over senators and ease concerns inside the White House, multiple sources tell me. Now, her confirmation hearing could be rocky because of her past role in overseeing a secret CIA black site prison in Thailand. But she's telling senators that she understands waterboarding is now illegal and that she would follow the law if confirmed. Haspel also saying she did not order the 20, 2005 destruction of CIA tapes of harsh interrogations. And that was a major controversy at the time. And let's, let's bring back the panel here to discuss this. Catherine, how, how problematic do you think this could be for her confirmation? Do you think that Gina Haspel is in trouble in any way in winning Senate approval? I think she's in more trouble than some of Trump's other nominees because a bunch of Democrats have come out against her. John McCain has expressed concerns. Some other Republicans have as well, or at least have said that they're on the fence. Uh, so certainly her past could come back to haunt her, particularly since you wonder about the other pressures that she might be under as CIA director in this White House, right? I mean, she's, if she's saying now, or, or your sources are telling you that she's saying that she understands it's against the law now, what happens if she comes under different kinds of pressures within this White House? We know how she acted in the past, or we have a sense of how she acted in the past. That does not bode well for how she would and act in the future. And all those questions undoubtedly will come up in the confirmation hearings. You're hearing some of the opposition can happen uh, right now. Rand Paul, the Kentucky senator, the Republican uh, with libertarian leaning, said this about her just, uh, just last week. 
to really appoint the, the head cheerleader for waterboarding to be head of the CIA. I mean, how could you trust somebody who, who did that to be in charge of the CIA? And I think it's, it's galling. I mean, to read of her glee during the waterboarding is just absolutely appalling. Tough words. Is that fair? Uh, no, it's not, because let's go back to when this happened. A couple days after 9-11, when we had uh, Twin Towers down and 3,000 people were killed, uh, the CIA attorneys, the White House attorneys, uh, the Justice Department attorneys all cleared those kind of interrogation. Now, right or wrong, we can debate that 15 years later, but at the time, it was perfectly legal, and that has changed over a period of time. But when she was there, it was not her directive, it was from above. And a couple days after 9-11, everybody was in a panic. And who was waiting for that second wave of attacks to hit? And when they had top-level people from al-Qaeda, uh, I think most Americans at that time certainly said, do what you got to do to make sure another plane doesn't and, crash. And, and that's actually one of the points I heard that she was making, that this is a post-9-11 mindset uh, that was going on at the time, much different than the law and the mindset now. Yeah. Uh, Basil, I wonder if you think that it makes sense for these Democrats up for re-election, vulnerable Democrats in red states, senators, uh, to oppose not just her, uh, or sorry, to support not just her, but also Pompeo in order to align themselves with the president, give him what he wants, and insulate them from those uh, pressures back home. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to me because the president's surrounding himself with some Iraq war hawks, right? And so um, I, I think you'll see Democratic, Democrats uh, making a show, if you will, of the confirmation hearings. But I, I really want to see where John McCain is right now. I think if McCain is leaning more against, then I think it gives Democrats a little more cover um, in terms of being a lot more forthright. I just, I just don't see a Democrat supporting this. I just don't see any Democrat being able to really go back to the base, even some that are you know, in states where you know, it could go either way. I don't think you'd see, it'd be hard-pressed for me to see a Democrat really coming out forcefully for her. If they decide to at the end of the day, they're going to have to make something out of the actual confirmation hearing just to be able to get some of those points across. Yeah, let me across. tell you how this thing falls mm -hmm. apart. I was in Iraq, in, in Iraq in 03 and 04, when the whole Abu Ghraib thing, I was actually yeah. at Abu Ghraib, not, I didn't see any of this stuff. And we talked, we, we worked the reporters, we worked the press corps very hard to make sure they knew that we knew what was going on, and as soon as we found out how it stopped, and we had the, that story pretty much under control until what? The photographs. Yeah. If somebody's got a photograph of her watching some of this, yeah. it's over. You know, this comes as all this change happening in the administration <laughs> uh, right now. John Bolden, of course, coming on board. And you heard a lot about this um, uh, James Mattis a rivalry of sorts with John Bolton. Uh, today, uh, Mattis, the defense secretary, tried to uh, put this behind him. He actually said this uh, pretty uh, interesting comment. I've not met Mr. Bolton before he is going to come over here soon. I mean, this week, it's not today. I know that. But it's going to be soon. And we're going to sit down together. And I look forward to working with him. No reservations. No concerns at all. Last time I checked, he's an American. I can work with an American. Okay. So do we think that these guys can work together, Mattis he and Bolton? With, he couldn't work with McMaster very well. He, yeah. he was an American. Here's the problem, I think, that, that, that Mattis has. I mean, as a four-star Marine general, he's, as we all know, in the, in the military, you've got to be able to show leadership or you don't get promoted. Mm -hmm. And somebody like Bolton is a, is a renowned non-leader. I mean, he's good at what he does, but he doesn't do it by building teams. Mm. Mattis has done everything he's done by building teams. I think this is oil and water. It will be interesting to see how these two men uh, work together. And one thing about John Bolton, too, is that 
he's not coming before the Senate, does not have to answer right. questions exactly. for a confirmation hearing. Well, and, and you may recall that the last time around that he was up for a, a Senate-confirmed job, he was appointed in, appointed in, in a recess exactly. because a Republican, Republicans wouldn't vote for him. So, yes. yes, he would be a very difficult person to get through. Yeah. Fortunately, he doesn't have to worry about yes. that. <laughs> and, and, and a lot more to discuss in the coming days and weeks. Thank you, panel, so much for nice joining job. us today. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> This is day 432 of President Trump's administration, and that's the state of America tonight. Check out our podcast, subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite app, and we'll see you back here tomorrow.